Hi, this is Hannah. And this is Barbie, Hannah's mom. And we, we saved, saved you a spot. Okay, let's do this. Yeah, let's do this. <laughs> I had to start the podcast because mom wasn't, she was in her phone. No, I was not in my phone. Hi, and we're <laughs> glad to be back. We're, um, we appreciate you coming back and listening to us, and we hope you have your coffee. Or one of our friends um, cleans the church whenever she listens to our podcast. And um, we just appreciate you all. And I was not in my phone. You too. Mom, you just set your phone down. Yes, yes, you were. Well, Grandma, okay. Is looking at your phone the same as being in your phone? Let's have this conversation. Oh, my gosh. Mom, all I know is I've been trying to start this podcast for the last, like, 35 oh minutes. Oh, my gosh. I got here at 3. It's We're we're recording on Monday and, and releasing on Wednesday. And I got there because you said, get there at 3, and Mark will take our picture. Which he did. And now he's going to be on Newsmax. It's like, gosh, I got to, like, meet a movie star. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, for some reason, your volume looks really low. Keep talking to the mic. Hello, hello. What? No, it's because you're not talking into the mic. I'm talking Mom. into the mic. There we go. Look, see, now your volume is the same as yeah. mine. All right. Well. Oh, so also, disclaimer. What are you going to disclaim? I asked you last night at, at, at like, 8 p.m. if you were willing to change our podcast days to Monday. Instead of Wednesday, because normally, guys, we record on Wednesday and release it same day, but we're going to start recording it on Monday and releasing it Wednesday because why, Mom? Hannah wants to be a church girl. Some more. Some more church girl. Yeah. Uh, She wants to go to, what do you guys, what does your church have on Wednesdays? They have like a Bible study. And you want to go to Bible study? I do. And then there's another church um, on Wednesday. You're going to go to a different church? No, listen. You're going to be a church hopper? No, I'm not saying that, but some Wednesdays, um, this one church has... $5 $5 food trucks. And it's like, good. Like, no, it's not this one. <laughs> I threw my pen down. It's not this Wednesday. <laughs> this Wednesday, we're just going to Bible study. Okay, you're going to Bible study or food trucks? No, nope, Bible study. I just said that. Okay, how is when you go to $5 food truck? What is, wait, $5 food trucks, what does that mean? Like, so normally, like, these are like expensive, bougie food trucks. Um, but it's cool. It's like fellowship too among like, other believers our age, which is honestly kind of rare. No, that's really good. And like they're like young families too, so like they're the the uh, adults are like kind of our age, and then they have young kids. So can you like have like a table and make some signs that say we want friends? No, I think we have to do it organically because that would be really weird. <laughs> um, and you have great friends. No, we do. Um, so five dollar food truck. So can it, I come? Sure. Okay. Yeah, they have um a- any of their entrees there. Instead of like whatever, like $13 it was before, it's just $5. Oh, dad would come. Dad would be all over this. Yeah. It's um, it's the Journey Church in um, in Yuli. Oh. Well, you know, we what? used to have a lot of friends that went to Journey Church in Ponte Vedra. Right. And it was, um, they met somewhere that wasn't a church building. Yeah. I think they're non-denominational. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. We're well, Baptist, but. You know, I had, and she's still alive and she's like my best Christian mentor, Miss Flora. And, uh, she used to, and I thought she would be like stiff cause she loves Jesus. So she'd be intimidating. She was the most loving, cool Christian. She made, she, she loved people to Christ. She made loving Jesus look good. Yeah. And she, um, one day in, and she was teaching our Sunday school class and she is very biblical based. She doesn't waver from that at all. But she looked up one day and she says, well, someday labels are either going to burn off or they're going to blow off. Meaning if you go down, they're going to burn off. And if you go up, you know, they're going to blow off. Are you talking about being like Baptist versus not an Just like all the different labels? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. So um, um, so you can go to Journey Church as a $5 food truck. It's really cool. And meet some other Christian young Yeah, it was nice. Couples. We saw some people that we knew last time. It was cool. Well, and, all, and the whole reason why I, I quit, you know, my my trivia job was to spend more time with Casey because I neglect him so much um, and to get closer to God. What? I do neglect him. Oh. I, I don't spend a lot of time at home. Um, then what do I do with your dad? Of course, he coaches. Seriously. Non's not done. <laughs> okay. Finish talking about how you neglect Casey. Anyway, so. Do you it, women neglect your husbands? Mom, did Sorry. you have too much caffeine? Maybe. Okay, anyway, so uh, I, I had quit because we were going to start doing, like, church on Wednesday nights and things like that. And then instead, we started this podcast, and I love the podcast, but we have to do it on a different night. Because uh, Casey last Wednesday was like, wow, this was really nice. Like, we got to spend time together, and 
It was just fun. Oh, good. I love that he liked to be with you. So last Wednesday night when I was in the Keys, because we pre-recorded that podcast yeah. as well, um, you guys went to a church? Well, kind of. We went, went to the $5 food, to food, to food truck church? Yeah. And you met people and visited with them? Yeah, it was really cool. Did Casey visit? He did. Woohoo! Uh-huh. I love it. So Hannah and Casey's relationship is a, a lot like her Grandma Jan and Grandpa Elmer's relationships. Grandma Jan did most of the talking, and Grandpa Elmer was a hard worker and didn't. Oh, at home, let me tell you, he talked a lot. But when he was out in public, he didn't talk nearly as much as Grandma. He would have her socialize, and then they'd get home, and what'd so-and-so say? What'd so-and-so say? Mm-hmm. Is that you guys? That's exactly how Casey is. He wants to know all the tea, but he doesn't want to participate. Uh, I love it. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, ooh, did you hear that accent? Fantastic. I did. I thought you were from Jersey. No, that's our that's our oh, Washington. The, or the Bronx. No, what? That's our Washington accent. Is it? Yeah. I've been gone from there for a long time. I don't know. Anyway, so church. Well, that's good for you. So now we're recording on Monday, but we will still record on. Monday. Or release on Wednesday. There you go. Um, I was in the Keys last week. The with Florida Keys. The Florida Keys with my husband, who I'm going to throw out a little thing about my husband. He loves his coaching so much and his kids. Parents that have their kids coached by Zane don't even begin to comprehend. He treats it like, like he's still in the military as far as the amount of time and commitment he puts in. And every summer we go to the Keys, and every summer he leaves me on Friday morning to fly to wherever the AAU nationals are, the track and field nationals. Do you hate it? I hate it. And I <laughs> I, I said, Dad's okay. going to listen to this and be so sad. No, because I, I, I still completely support him doing right. it. I, I love that he does it, and I love that he supports the kids. But here's the thing. We go on our vacation. We rent this house. And I mean, Mario and Huli shoulder the expense, a lot of it too. But he leaves two days early into the trip. Now he's think, oh, I'm just missing part of the trip, but I'm there for lobstering. Yes, yes, that is true. But he, he misses not only the fun, but he misses packing up everything to put it in the van. He misses the eight-hour drive home that I turn into a 13-hour drive oh home. Oh, my gosh. I was looking at your location the whole time, and I was like, oh, my goodness, she's taking a long time. No, I, I take little stops, and I find fun things to do, but it's all by myself, which, yes, you guys know I like to do trips and explore all by myself, which I did again on the way home. And then I have to unpack everything by myself, and I have to clean the van by myself. And a trip to the Keys, if we just go to, like, Hang out is one thing, but when you go to Lobster, you take snorkel gear and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's a whole different kind of packing and, and cooler chest for the boat. But Mari and Huli pack way more, so that's okay. But anyway, <laughs> um, the Keys was phenomenal. We did a lot of different stuff this year. Um, it looked fun. It was very fun. Now, you've gone Lobstream I, with I'm, us quite, a, good quite a few times. You are probably not this year. You probably just float. Sure. I could still wear a weight belt and I would sink. Mario does. He wears a weight belt. It really helps. And um, this year though, so we all get lobster when we go. It's called mini lobster season and you can get six lobster per day. Is it per day or per time you go out? No, it's per day. Don't you give me that look. Okay. I, I don't go out any extra. And uh, anyway, you get six per day. No, Hannah, it's too expensive. What? To go to take the to come in. If if you went out and lobstered and brought your catch in and then went back out to get gas, our gas for one day, well, it's because we got this boat that had that slides boat on beautiful. it. It was a cool boat. We we rent a boat from um backcountry boat rentals, which is Annie. We've rented from her for thirteen years. And Sometimes we get a fast boat for just a few people, but a few times we've gotten this, it's a, kind of like a barge boat with slides and it has this covered area, which is really oh, you've nice. you've gotten a boat like that before? We've gotten that before and the kids love it. And Mario gets it because Kylie and Dom love to go down the slides. So we get out in the Gulf of Mexico and after Mario gets all of his lobster, the kids will go down the slides 
well, let me get back up on something. I need After to write we down a note all so I don't get it. all of our lobsters, but uh, Mario helps us all. So he's <laughs> the one who never leaves the wa- the wa- the water. He's yeah. like the lobster king. Um, but no, we all we have four of us lobstering and four limits, and. Mario's the beast, and he not only helped us get the lobster this year, but he got two um, hogfish. Yeah, those look. Did you guys eat those? Not yet. He speared two hogfish, and um, no, you don't have to look at that note. I just had to write it down for myself. Anyway, he has this new kind of spear. The other kind of spear had three, like barbs that yeah. that used to come out, and he'd lobster with that. But it's a way. There's a way for them to get away, and you don't want them to get away if you've speared them, and you because then they're hurt, and then they're just going to kind of slowly die, right? Yeah, well, it's not good. But he has this new one that it, the spear zips through them, and then it's got this little tie kind of a thing with a piece that comes out, and even if they start to wiggle away, they can't get away because it comes out on the other side. And, I mean, something that you've injured, you're going to eat, and it's not going to get away. Anyway, hogfish are crazy looking. They have these sharp, sharp fangs and their mouths can open 180 degrees and would you, are you quit, what are you doing on your phone no right no, no. Now? listen i just you're I, gonna, no just what listen. are you doing okay i'm just making sure okay she she was just opened her amazon so who's in their phone i'm i was i checked my phone you you did this last time Oh my gosh. Ugh. Mom, go back to what you were you who's more distracted by it? <laughs> no. You. Okay, so when you used to lobster with us, okay. Do you remember tickling them out? Yeah. Do you remember I lost one of Mario's tickle sticks that one time? That's okay. We always find a tickle stick. Do you really? We meaning Mario. But here's a sad thing. I'm not, I didn't mean to. I dropped it. I because I had too many things in my hand. I know. Well, you usually have your net and you you swim with gloves on because the lobsters yeah. are pokey. Yeah, they're pokey and and you grab them usually out of a hole. Um, what I wouldn't do or that Or with though. a net that they, you get it, you tickle them and they usually back into your net, but you want to be sure to be able to keep them in your Cause net. Cause then you have to twist the net. So it kind of closes it off so they can't mm-hmm. like swim out of it. Yeah. And, uh, we, we lobstered in some really shallow water this time. Like really? Two, two and a half feet water, maybe. Dang, that would be hard. Well, and then there was some 12 foot water. Yeah. Which, which is what we kind of did. I'm no good in the 12 foot water. I was okay in like the prime for me was like eight foot water. Yeah. Eight foot water was good, but it's, it's hard. I feel like Casey would actually be pretty good at, um, at lobstering cause he's thin. So he wouldn't have a hard time getting down there quickly. No, I think Casey, well, he was a commercial diver. So I think he would be really good <laughs> yeah. um, at lobstering. But if you guys ever ask Mark K, cause she can never take vacation. It's, is it the third or fourth week in? I, I can't ever take vacation unless he's July. also taking vacation. Right. Well, so Invite Mark to go to mini lobster season. He doesn't want to. The reason why we have a good working professional relationship is because we keep our relationship professional. Yes, you do. And and that's good because he would probably hate us. We're out yeah. there stressing over kids and he's in a different place in Yeah, life. Mark is way too classy for us. <laughs> that's probably true. I don't mean that meanly. He just is. He like He's like a very sophisticated person. So he wouldn't go into the restaurant with his swimsuit on and a towel that he's tried to turn into a dress afterwards? No. So we went to No Name Pub one day after. You remember No Name? It's on No Name Key, No yeah. Name Pub. And it's really cool. It has dollar bills everywhere, all over I the I know walls. exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah. And we always go there for pizza, one of our lobstering days. And Huli looks at me because I've been in the water. Not doing very great lobstering, but <laughs> I've been in the water. Yeah. And I, my hair was half dry and I had my swimsuit on and I put a towel around me and she looks at me, mom, you're, what, what do you have on? You're, you're going in the restaurant like that? And I'm like, well, we're going to probably eat on the back patio, right? Do you need some clothes? Y- yes, I do. I didn't know we were going out to eat after lobstering. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So anyway, it worked out. But did you know No Name Pub? Used to have a brothel upstairs. What? Yeah. No, I had no idea. Why yeah. would I know that? Yeah. Well, during different different times, um, there were lots of workers down in there in the Keys building the overseas highway and the overseas railroad. Something in every port. And uh, yeah, they had brothels. Sorry. I ignored you. I know. Okay. So what else did you do in the Keys? We went to Pigeon Key. 
It was really, really one right. of my favorite things. So Pigeon Key was a lot of pigeons. <laughs> no, I don't know if they ever had Pigeon Key. I don't know why they call it Pigeon <laughs> Wait, Key, actually. You went to Pigeon Key and you didn't find out why they called it Pigeon Key. No, because the history is so much better than that. Okay, you know about Henry Flagler? Yes, but real quick before you go on, where is Pigeon Key in relation to like a big key that I would know? By Marathon, which oh, is, is the second the second biggest key. Okay. And uh, second to Key West? No. Key uh, Isle, Isle Marotta is the biggest key. Isle Marotta, okay. And then Marathon's the second biggest key. Um, and Marathon is where the seven-mile bridge goes from Marathon to Duck Key. Yes. And the reason that Pigeon Key, it's just a little island, is such a big deal. Right is because um, that's where when they had the work camps, that was a main a main place that they had work camps when Henry Flagler was building the the railroad, the extension. Okay. The Florida East Coast Railroad Extension where is does I think the, what he te- technically called it. Right. Where does the railroad go go until? So it it doesn't exist anymore in a oh. the hurricane in 1935 destroyed it. I think it was 1935. Well, so almost 100 years ago. They had a tidal wave. It was unprecedented. A tidal wave? The barometer dropped to 26, and they couldn't get the people out. Wow. Um, And, you know, the thing is, Henry Flagler started... Let me back up a little bit. Henry Flagler, for those of you who do or don't know him, really worked a lot with Rockefeller and... and, um, Flagler started out and he started out um, with corn and and getting corn to different markets. And then he realized, oh, if I ship it and I do, do, um, he did alcohol out of the corn. So he started to make money, started to make money. He was, he was, people think he was a businessman, but he was a visionary. Mm -hmm. And then he started working with Rockefeller. And they lived close to each other and they would go back and forth to work every day. And they, they got into the standard oil business. Okay. And they both became very, very wealthy. And they finally um, made standard oil public. And they were phenomenally wealthy and, and good, good friends. And then to um, help the railroad... Flagler figured out that to beat out all the competitors, they had to ship it more inexpensively. And so... Had to ship what? The oil? The the oil to the refineries. And so he figured out ways to maximize and, and get the best, the best deals. And so he um, really got good at railroading. And... Um, he ended up going down to St. Augustine, and, and I'm skipping right. a lot because there's so much history to do with Flagler. Okay. But, uh, you know, he developed and, and bought different short-line railroads because back then it was a lot of little railroads mostly. Right. And over time, you know, different ones have bought them, and he ended up developing the Florida East Coast Railroad. Oh, cool. He's so popular. He, they're like everything's named after him in Florida. Well, and even Miami. He's he's. He's the one who star- who really started Miami. When he started or developed, excuse me, Miami, there were only five or 600 people there. And they wanted to rename Miami after Flagler. And he said, no, no, don't, because apparently Miami is a um, Native American name. Like term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he would take his railroad to these different places that were stops and he would put luxurious hotels in. You know, like I actually think I heard a little bit of this in one of our tours in St. Augustine because they talk a lot about Flagler. Yeah, and he had so he he built beautiful, beautiful hotels, gorgeous. And um, matter of fact, there was a little competition with some stuff that he did in St. Augustine. Yeah, I know. And uh, but that's how he got down to St. Augustine. Was he originally his very first wife? He really loved her, and she had terrible, ter- terrible. They thought it was um, chronic bronchitis. And she did better when she was brought down to Florida. So they would come here for quite a long time, but his business was up north. And so that's how he kind of got his start in Jacksonville and St. Augustine. Right. And So then how did he get down to Pigeon Key? Well, they found out later that she had uh, tuberculosis. And oh, um, she ended up dying from that, which TB was really... a th- Yeah, great. Grandma Johnston had it. Mm-hmm. But um, Grandma Johnston had it in... 1939 versus had, when was the, when was Flagler 
This would have been in the 1800s that okay. that so medicine had come quite a long ways since from then. I don't know if it ever came a long ways, but it was really a thing. TB was. But anyway, so then he remarried, he married um the caregiver to his first wife and they ended up coming down to St. Augustine again. Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah, and then he started he wanted to switch it up a little bit and he and he went from Standard Oil and he made a lot of money cuz he still owned a lot of shares and he had dividends. So he made a lot of money in Standard Oil, but he would invest it in these hotels and things and and he enjoyed his railroading and so he kind of diversified that way. So, so he didn't have all his eggs in one basket. No, nah, he, he got bored, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, he So did. it wasn't that he was against having his eggs in one basket. It was, he's like, mm, I like this, but I also want to do a thousand other things. I, he did. And and he had fun with that. And, and I'm really making, simplifying it. But he, he decided towards the end of his life that they were putting the Panama Canal in. Mm-hmm. And he thought, I can make a railroad go all the way down to Key West. And then... When the Panama Canal opens up, instead of um, shippers taking everything to Tampa or to New Orleans, the closest place to bring it will be the Key West, and then they'll just put it on the railroad and it'll come all the way up. So he had these plans for deep ports, and he really had it all. Again, he was a visionary instead of a businessman. And back then, Key West had about twenty to 22,000 people, and Miami only had about 6,000 to give you a feel for how it was. Wow. And the thing is, is they were kind of, they were down there, and they had to get a boat to get out of Key West. And so he was going to tie it all together, all the keys together with this oh, you railroad mean like extension. To, to be at Key West, like there wasn't that seven-mile bridge. There wasn't no. like, nothing was connecting them. They were actual islands at that point. Yeah. Not that they're not actual islands now. I just mean like they're all connected. Like you can get to every one of them by road. Now you can. But even when Flagler put in the railroad, there wasn't there wasn't the uh there wasn't a road. He put the railroad in. And what's interesting, okay, so I'll go back to Pigeon Key. Okay. Because it spurred the interest in me. Um they would they had to hire all these people. And Flagler wanted, before he died, to ride his own iron all the way to Key West. On the train? Mm-hmm. And so he had lots of different engineers and things that had done surveys and engineering and figured out, can we do it? Can we do it? Can we do it? And finally, yes, yes, they can do it. But he was 74 years old when he said, let's do it. Let's get it done. Like, And, and so what they did is they, they didn't just start at one end and work down. They started, they worked at different places oh, and to worked kind of all towards, come together? towards each other and come together. But the big, big thing was, and this is crazy to think how they put those, um, the seven mile bridge in, because there's seven miles, it's six and a half miles worth of a railroad track yeah. over the water. And the water in some places it was 20 feet deep and some places it was 50 feet deep. And we saw this diving suit and keep in mind that this was done from the late 1800s till the early 1900s. They built it in seven years and they had to go down there and they, they put these pillars and there was a certain kind of little dam that they would build underwater and then they would suck the water out and they'd build a box inside of that. Dang, this is really crazy. To put the pillars in, to build all of those pillars. And they would set the pilings. And here's another crazy thing. You would think of a surveyor and in the old days, you know, they'd have different methods of surveying, but you you couldn't get on a boat and shoot a line to survey. So they had to build platforms to survey even. And you needed all these workers. And so they brought workers from everywhere down and back then, there was a lot of discrimination, uh, not just for colored people, but for all different nationalities. But Flagler wanted to pay everyone the same, and they all got medical care. And it sounded really good, but when they got down there and they realized they were going to be, he housed them on an island. There was no alcohol. There was no women. There were insane insects. The bugs were terrible, terrible, yeah. terrible. And a lot of them didn't want to be there. But they owed Flagler the the fare. So the fare, say you were in New York, you would pay the fare out of your first first check. 
Oh, wow. And people would would leave. So that's interesting history in itself. So was the pay not good enough to compensate the the work mm. they were having to do? Some people thought so. Some people didn't. But here's the thing, and this is just like the Wobblies. If you ever study, study the Wobblies with the logging industry in Washington State, same thing happened with the railroading. They would have recruiters that would get paid so much to get people down there. Well, that creates a situation where there's incentive to be um, maybe not so truthful. So it's not that Flagler didn't want to do what he promised he'd do. It's that a lot of guys would have things promised to them or misled. And then they get down there and it's like, I didn't know I was going to have to stay on an island. Yeah. Without. And it wasn't an island like by today's standards, like that, you know, is fun and like tropical. And I mean, it's a tropical, but like. That's all it is. Oh, no. It was hot and miserable. And if you've ever been anywhere with a lot of bugs. <coughs> we got, I have scars on my ankles from the noceums from when we went camping in Key West. Oh, yeah. And, and they had these hats. They, put a, they wear a wide-brimmed hat. And the different kind of netting back in those days, it was copper netting. And they'd have this sticky stuff that would stick to a—they a, 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 wore long-sleeve shirts because the bugs were so bad. Casey wears long sleeves every day. And— it was miserable working conditions. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, on Pigeon Key, you kind of, oh, the kind of dams, I just remember the name. They were called coffer dams, if you want to look up about okay. those. And um, we learned all about this on this island. And there's a neat lady, if you watch any YouTube videos about Pigeon Key, there's a lady by the name of Reet, R-E-I-T. And you know when you can just tell somebody's not just giving a tour, but they're part of it? And they're like really ingrained in it? They're part We're of it gross. all. She, I took a picture of her. She just was <laughs> the neatest lady, and she had a little bit of an accent. And I took her side after it, and I said, Miss Reed, I said, you you feel like you belong here. Have you been here in this area a long time? And she says, over 70 years. And her Where was her accent from? I don't know. I didn't ask that much. But um, anyway, they used to have by Seven Mile Bridge because the sailboats had to get under it. They had a, a part that had a swing arm on it where the bridge would swing open and closed and they had bridge tenders that would be up by the bridge. They'd ride. She said she didn't know, know the name Velocipede, but I knew that because Grandpa Elmer used to work on the railroad for Veloc years. What? A Velocipede is this little car that you put on the railroad tracks and you pump it up and down. Oh, up I and remember town. that. And she said that the bridge tenders would would get on the Velocipede and they would check out the tracks and they would open and close the track, you know, for the sailboats going. And she said her husband actually was one of the men that built a little um, bridge tender's house up on the bridge so that they wouldn't have to be just out in the open air, which that's not there anymore. But right. it, was, it was just so interesting. I, I can't tell you. The concrete had to be brought from... There was this German concrete that would harden Underwater. even in, in salt water. Yeah, yeah. Casey's worked with it before. It's interesting. Well, here's something: they would take out little samples of that concrete to see if it was cured enough, because they would have to put the footings, and it would have to cure like four days before they could do the next step. But even today, they take out samples, and and if it's still hot, that means it's still curing. It the samples were called dog bones, and they're little dog bone shaped samples. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we went to Pigeon Key on that tour and I recommend it to anybody. It looks today like just this beautiful oasis. And um, she told about all the different trees and what the va what kind of trees they were. And I thought, oh, well, this is going to be boring. You're telling me about trees. <laughs> but there's like one kind of tree that's, they call it a fence tree. And you just break off a branch and stick it in the ground and it grows. Really? And she said, so people would take branches off these trees and they just stick them in like a fence and they'd grow. That's kind of cool, huh? Yeah. Kind of like bamboo. Well, except for I don't think you can do that with bamboo, but the way that you can grow it in a fence-like mm -hmm. way. And she knew all the medicinal purposes of everything. She was just brilliant. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. I um, But you said it was in the 1930s that the the... The tidal wave came and knocked out all the railroad? Well, yeah. Well, but but here's here's what happened. Flagler, he had a lot of money. And at that point, you don't care if you're going to make more money. Maybe. Not him. Not as a visionary. He didn't. 
that much. But as the railroad's getting built, there were three hurricanes. Every year there was a hurricane that set them back, cost them a bunch of money. Goodness. And he finally said it's because a lot of people used to keep diaries. A lot of these amazing men yeah, like Flagler. You know, all the people before really kept diaries. And at one point, there was a notation in his diary or one of the people that worked with him that said, we're not going to invest any improvements in this land. Not really. Not like you, not like he did, say, in Jacksonville and Daytona mm-hmm. and Miami. Because the hurricanes, he knew there was always going to be a problem with right. the weather. But Especially anyway, down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he knew there was a problem. But the cool thing is, is after seven years, the the railroad was finished. The extension line was finished. Wait, so does that bring him to 81? Let's see. He died when he was 84. So it took seven years. So I, I, I kind of have my math off on that. But anyway, he couldn't really see very well by the time... The rail line was done, but he rode in his office car. So he did. He did eventually get to go on it. He did get to go and rode all the way from from his home in, I want to say Palm Beach is where his home was. Okay, that's a great. That's a good long distance. And and all the way there, and he could barely see, but he got off, and there were all these children singing. He says, "I can't see them, but I can hear them." And he had tears in his eyes, and he was really happy. And I guess I'm glad for him that he never saw that. It didn't turn out to be what he had planned for it to be. Because it was such a huge, it's a huge feat that he made, you know. And there was a lot learned from building that. Yeah. And. You know, even like failures, like there's, even if they don't succeed, you learn so much even from the failures. And I'm kind of annoyed because it's famously known as Flagler's Folly. Oh, really? Mm Mm-hmm. It was when he announced it when he was building it, and even today, they refer to it as Flagler's Folly. But there was a lot learned from it, and a lot of um, the rail beds that were built for this and and things that he did, um, it ended up costing around $50 million, and the United States government or the state of Florida, it was sold for $640,000, all the easements. Dang. And so it was a big loss. It never realized a profit. That's sad. Yeah, but it's beautiful. But you know, it's kind of cool that he was able to have that larger-than-life dream because he'd been so successful early on that he was able to do that. You oh, know? yeah. It, it was it was quite an accomplishment, and people said it couldn't be done, and, and he did it. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Pigeon Key was really good. We went to the, you know, the dolphin rescue. <gasps> yeah, I know. You said you did not get to pet one. No, because that's— well, and it costs a lot to do that, but they rescue dolphins. There's one named Jax that was found in the Jacksonville River. Something, a shark had attacked it, and they came uh, and rescued it and, and We saved see it. so many sharks, or not sharks, we see so many dolphins when we're, like, on the water. You do? We see them all the time. Why don't you take pictures? They're, they're gone really quickly, and the water is so murky. Yeah, that's true. But, like, you'll see them just for a split second almost every time we go out. Well, Kylie and Dominic loved seeing the dolphins, and— um. We spent the day there, and you know they teach you a lot about them. And I think I'm I was going to show you one, but I'm really listening. intrigued. Like, did you know that the bottom, um, the bottom is pink on a lot of the dolphins, like a light really? pink color? And I'm like, I wonder why that is. Everything is for it a from reason. what they eat. Well, if the sharks are swimming under a dolphin and they look up, that kind of looks like the sky. The pink, the pink does. The pinky white looks like the sky, and and they're darker on top because if a shark is swimming above them. It um, it makes it look like the floor of the ocean. So it's a survival kind of a thing. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Isn't I would it? have never thought that. Yeah. So anyway, went to the shark encounter. We um, we just did a lot of stuff. We went, Of course, we went down to Key West, and we always go to Mallory Square. Yeah. And you, if you go, I don't know, those of you who have never been to Key West, um, it's the southernmost point of the United States, and you can see the sunset. And there's this island that the sun sets behind. And they have old sailboats and things that are sailing by at that time. And they have different art. um, What do you call it? People that do different. Like performers. Performers that are in Mallory Square. And it's just a really neat 
yeah. evening that we always go down and do that. So That's really cool. It was a really good trip. Also, I was going to show you pictures of dolphins because I definitely, so when we were on that, remember I went on that sunset cruise with my friends uh, a couple months oh, ago? Oh, yeah, the girls' trip. Yeah, I had seen some dolphins when I was doing that, and I definitely took a picture, but I tried to search dolphin because you can search keywords like in Google Photos or mm-hmm. in even your own photos, but because it's like you have to have a trained eye to see the dolphins, you know? Mm-hmm. So my phone did not have that trained eye. Oh, that's okay. To see it. But well, um, here was interesting about dolphins too, is they live typically around 13 years in the wild, but in captivity, when they're really well cared for, they had one that lived to be 50 years old. They can live that long? Well, that's what they said. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Aren't dolphins really intelligent too? Yeah. They're very intelligent. You know what's um, what what other animals super intelligent? Pigs. No. Are you serious? Pigs are intelligent. Super. What kind of pigs? All of them. Um. So apparently, um, you know, we have friends Will and Alexa, and they own this huge property with their brother Ricky, and they um, you know, had set some corn out and and um, they have like, I think it's called like a game camera or something. Mm-hmm. But. Casey was explaining it to me, and I thought it was really interesting. Um, they have wild hogs. You know, they don't own the hogs, but— Oh, wild hogs are in Florida, yeah. Wild hogs are in Florida, and the, they're on the property. And I I hope that I'm explaining this right. I think I am. But he was telling me that, um, you know, they have this corn, and, like, the deers, you know, just kind of meander up to it and don't care at all. Mm-hmm. And they just eat the corn, and they're like, la-di-da, life is great. <laughs> but— yeah. These hogs, they would kind of like all surround in like a circle around the corn and like be like shoulder to shoulder, you know, Mm -hmm. and they would let one go in and then another would stand guard and the rest would be like making a blockade around the corn and one would get to eat at a time. They saw this on their game camera? On their game camera. That's super interesting. Yeah. So like they're very intelligent. Oh, that's really something. Yeah. I did not know that. No, because Mario used to go hog hunting in high school. And I don't know that he got one in high school, but he and his buddies got one, I believe, in college. And they built a pit mm-hmm. and they roasted it down in a pit. And um, he said it was really good. They're fantastic. Casey, um, right before we had met, he had actually shot a wild hog and he got about 80 pounds of meat from it. Is that how old that roast was that you guys left in my freezer? No, that was a different hog. Oh, that one was gross. It was freezer burnt. I know. Um, I cooked it, and I couldn't eat it, and I felt guilty. I know. Are you hungry? <laughs> That's my stomach. That was gross. so loud. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, but when Casey and I first met, he had still had some of his hog left from when he shot a hog. And <coughs> Excuse me. Would you like me to turn off Sorry. your mic for you? I don't know how to. Okay, there's these buttons here. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, so he had said, because a lot of times Casey has me experiment with meat and I am not always a fan. I'm not picky. Just some of them are too gamey and I, I can't do it. Well, wild meat, if you haven't grown up on, well, and you did I grow did. up on wild meat, but some like is rabbits, more gamey. I'm not a big fan of. I, I don't know. Like I have had rabbit that I've liked, but I've also had rabbit that I really didn't like. But he, he had me try this. It was when, remember we went camping in Helen, Georgia mm-hmm. and um, it was freezing. It was literally, it got down to like 26 degrees. Didn't I tell you that? Who all did you go camping with? Is this that when you went with the big group? There was, I think... When Jacob proposed? Yeah, when Jacob proposed. It was Jacob, Danielle, um, Hawk, me, Casey, and then another couple, and I can't remember their names. Um, But we went, and, like, we were all cooking. Like, I was cooking pancakes. Casey made, like, these sausage... They were really fat sausage patties. Mm -hmm. And they were made out of spicy hog. And he goes, I don't know if you're going to like this. He's like, it's wild hog. And I was like, oh, I've never had wild hog. I, I'll try it. They were my favorite. I have never had a, a, as good of a sausage patty. And I wanted more and more, but he didn't want me to get sick off of it because he's like, because there's another thing too is it's kind of a dirtier meat. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make sure that it is fully cooked. And he had charred it. It was, it was cooked on a cast iron over the fire. Oh, gosh. I can smell it. Camping breakfast. There's nothing better than camping oh, breakfast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then um, we crumbled up a little bit of it and put it, like, in the eggs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just delicious. And he thought, I'm going to marry this girl. I don't know if he thought She's that She's camping in 26 <laughs> degrees and she likes my meat. It was, it was really good. 
It was very tasty. Mom, I gave you a look because I, I thought that you were intending the, du- the double no, entendre. I, I, I never do that. I, <laughs> but this was my problem working in high school, too. It's like, oh, gosh, I didn't. I don't think that way. No, I know. Um, but yeah, Wild Hawk, I would love it. So he's going camping in October, and I'm like nervous. When's he going camping in October? Uh, I don't know, but he's going to go to Alabama and get <gasps> what? No, that's exciting. And get what? Uh, I think deer mm-hmm. is what he's camping. But when we eat it, we call it venison, so we don't think about deer. Yeah. Um, is that why they call it venison, I wonder? I don't know. That's a good question. But he's definitely going, um, when, when we went to Jacob's in Montana, Mm-hmm. Uh, he made his venison steaks, and they were really, really heavenly. He cooked them medium rare. He had marinated them in something delicious. Um, they were very, very good. Okay, Grandpa, you know, you guys never know what you get when you're going to tune in, and we're all over the place, but we'll tie it all back together. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, grab another cup of coffee. Sorry. Um, but Grandpa, my dad was a big hunter, and um, he always had venison steaks, and Grandma cooked them good. She did cook them really good, but there's something about getting the meat and cooking it that he took such pride in it, and he'd get the the oil. And when I say oil, I mean Crisco. Oh, yeah, the lard. Yeah. Well, Grandma Jan used to cook with lard, too. Nice. Pie crust, no better pie crust than when you make it with lard. But <laughs> Grandpa would get the white Crisco popping in the pan. Is, is Crisco not actually lard? It's fake lard. Okay, kind of like margarine. Is there's better. real lard, and then there's fake lard, yeah. which is okay. Crisco. Anyway... Um, he would hammer it. He had this mallet. To that, tenderize it? To tenderize it. He'd hammer the, the daylights out of it. And then he would take it and he would um, put flour on it and put pepper. That was one way he did it. And sometimes he would dip it in egg and flour and cracker, saltine cracker crumbs. Kind of like a, like a salt and pepper. Like a country fried steak almost. Yeah. Oh. But, but like a country, country yeah, fried and steak. And then when he got all done with that, There'd be all the giblets and stuff floating around in the in the grease, and uh, he'd make gravy (gasps) and put over it. Grandma taught me how to make plenty of pepper, a little salt, plenty of pepper. So good. I have to tell you something. What do you know? It's ridiculous. This feels like a confession. Kind of. Kind of. Okay. What? Since I've gotten pregnant, mom, Casey will put pepper in things, and he really likes to pepper things. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like spicy for me. And I normally really like spicy foods, but like pepper's never been spicy to me. That's like such a white person thing to think. Are you allowed to say that? I'm a white person. Yeah, I can absolutely say that. Okay, say that. Um, Interesting. Isn't that crazy? Like Mm -hmm. the pepper's been really, I hate to say it, peppery lately. And I I hate it because I love, I love actual spice. And so like, I'm like, babe, like what did you put in this? It's really hot. Well, do you know? Okay. I always wondered because your dad likes things way spicier. I'm sorry. Before we move on, because I know this is going to switch subjects, I also want him to get more wild hog because I really liked the wild hog. Okay, eat it all in the same year. I don't like freezer broom. You guys, tell him to get a little hog. Tell him, (laughs) don't clap if you get a big one. I want a little (laughs) hog. Unless you're going to give a bunch away. Sell it. Yeah. Yeah, you can do. You can't sell wild meat, can you? Can you? I don't think so. I mean, under the radar, you can. Don't Venmo. Okay, anyway, sorry, Dad. Um, yeah, plus if somebody gets sick, you know, you could get in trouble. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. there's parasites We're going to make sure our little boy, our little boy loves meat. Because Kylie doesn't like meat. Yeah, My niece. Dom does, though. Yeah, but Kylie doesn't. She, I was saying something the other day. She goes, I don't like meat. Mm, that's okay. I was like, you eat chicken nuggets. She goes, yeah, but I don't like any other meat. <laughs> I said, oh, oh, okay. So dad, okay. dad and hot things. Oh, I'm so glad you brought me back to that because I was starting to get too far down the, the wrong path. The rabbit hole. Yelp. Um, he likes really spicy stuff. And I'll be like, babe, you don't think this is spicy, but everybody else, they just whisper to me. And he's like, no, they don't. And I'm like, no, they do. They do. People, everybody tells me because they're terrified to hurt your feelings or tell you that it's too spicy, but. And then he'll correct me. He he loves nuances. When I say spicy or hot, if it's hot, that's not the same as spicy. If it's spicy, hot is temperature. It's too much. What I mean is, it's too much of whatever it is you're doing. Right. And um, but I discovered why. Did he burn his taste buds or something? I think so because I learned something. I was studying about the tongue. Because, you know, I get bored and I study about where <laughs> You things. were studying about the tongue? <laughs> okay. And you're born with so many taste buds. Yeah. Do they not regenerate? And they don't regenerate. And as you get older, you lose your taste buds, your sense of taste. That's why. But then how come old people don't season their food? 
Old people always like the blandest food. Well, I'll tell you that in a second. Okay. What I think. Um, but anyway, so that's why, you know, older people or people that really always eat hot stuff, it takes more and more and more because they kill their taste buds. That's interesting. Or they lose their Casey taste buds. I think has less bu- taste buds than I do because he always likes really, like, spicy things. Because, you know, like, little kids and you're thinking they're just being whiny. It's like, no, they have more taste buds than you do. Yeah. And so they're not That's just being That's why they fussy. like bland food. Yep. I think so. Oh, that makes but sense. But older people that eat bland food, you notice older people, a lot of them don't like meat as much anymore. Yeah, what is that? It's very sad. Um, so after Grandpa passed away... They gave grandma, why didn't they give her this book before? It's a grieving book and it talks about the dying process. And when when people are, you know, as they age and their body is aging, not, is aging and they're towards that last season of life, you know, you start to not like meat. That's one of the things. My gosh, was I dying early in my pregnancy? Because Grandpa <laughs> Elmer was a meat and potatoes guy. Yeah, all his, of his whole life. life. And... The last, because I was there seven times the year he passed away for quite a long time each time. And he just, ugh. And I'd be like, Dad, I made this just how you always like it. Uh, It just doesn't taste right. And we learned later that that was a sign that he was going away. Yeah. Wow, that's really sad. And so I think that, I think, you know, this is me thinking what it is, but it was in that booklet that they gave grandma after grandpa passed away. Wow. By the way, speaking of deer, on um, Big Pine Key, that's one of the keys. Oh my gosh, I love those pictures. Okay, yes, please tell this. There's something called key deer, and they're only like two and a half feet tall. They're thin too. They're just tiny little deer. I don't know how they've gotten tiny little deer, and they're they're endangered. Are they? So you're not even supposed to pet them. You're not supposed to they touch love them. People so You're not much. supposed to feed them. You're not supposed to touch them. They're endangered, and they have um, fences that they've built along the road because they don't want the deer to, deer to get out in the road. Um, don't you love the name Overseas Highway? Yeah, I do love that. Yeah, because they built that highway uh, years later after the the tidal wave. But anyway, um, so we got out, and the deer will come up to you. They're so tame. And- oh my gosh, they love Kylie. Oh, they do. Kylie's little and safe, and they now they can come up to you, but you're still not supposed to touch them. It's kind of like manatees mm-hmm. and turtles. Mm-hmm. But um, so that's a cool thing. And they're tiny, tiny deer, and they're so plentiful. There's so many deer. You cannot go to Big Pine Key and spend any time there. And like, if you camp there and you leave food out on the table, oh, they'll eat them. Do you remember when we were camping there and they like came out and they ate our food? Yeah, and I guess I should know that because from camping, you know. In Washington, we would never dream of leaving food out. No, because the crows and, and the squirrels will get it. But in the in Big Pine Key, it's the key deer will come and get your food. Yeah. Um, do you know what I just thought of? What? That I really want to make. What do and you want to make? Because we were talking about camping mm-hmm. and food. I really want to make blackberry dumplings. Oh. Okay. That's tell, – tell why you want to make blackberry so dumplings. Where it, did that start from? In Washington – Blackberries grow plentiful wildly. Evergreen. Now, there's there's little tiny wild blackberries, These which are, are massive. Good, but the evergreen blackberries— They're the size of my thumb. They have more seeds, but they taste good. They're juicy. They just have seeds. But, I mean, all blackberries have seeds. They're they're blackberries. Mm-hmm. But what little tiny wild blackberries don't have the big seeds. No, but, like, these are the kind that you see in the in the store that, that have been on steroids, except for these ones don't have steroids. They're juicy. They're sweet. They're They're huge. And when we used, okay, it started with Grandma Jan. She taught me to do this, but sorry, Mom, we're going to skip right over you. Grandma used to always make blackberry dumplings. She did, always. And she would make them in her, like, Dutch oven mm-hmm. and so, over the campfire. tradition carried on. When you have four kids and you're trying to set up camp, what you do is you send your kids to pick berries. And they were easy to find. We found them every time if we were in Washington. Mm-hmm. And we would come back with what, like a bucket worth? Oh, you come back with a big bucket. And I always, and the thing is, is if you're camping, you don't want to take a lot of perishable things, but it's easy to take Bisquick. Yep. Bisquick and water and sugar and butter. You can, you know, it it stays pretty well. So I would always put a lot of butter in my. You have to teach me how to make this, by the way. Yeah, it's good. So I would make um, homemade dumplings whenever we, blackberry dumplings when we go camping. And it smelled good, and it's a good way to make friends with, like, your camp, you know, whoever's camping around you. Do you want some? 
And it, we, it wasn't like a, like a pie or like even like a, like a, like a, a dump cake. It's, it's, it's like a massive vat almost. Like a rich blackberry soup. But it's not soup. Thick it's, it's soup. Thick, maybe like a stew. Okay. Yeah. Um, but everything's cooked. And you cook the dumplings on top. Yeah. Um, I might go home. I might make those for our next family something. Yeah. For my birthday. I guess. Okay. So speaking of my birthday. Her birthday is August 18th. Yes. Lizzie texted me and said Mm -hmm. that her mother and Mm father-in-law wanted to do their joint birthday on the 19th. And so, what? Oh, well, the thing is. So then I was like, okay, I guess I'll do the 18th and the 20th um, for my birthday um, because she wants, you know, to be included when in reality I really wanted to do it on the 19th, but she. She's so sweet to text me. No, she is. The thing is, I have to be, okay, I'm driving across the country again in my little van, my little camper van, and I can make the trip, but it's over 3,000 miles from Florida to Washington in three and a half days. When do you have to be there? I have to be there by the morning of the 24th to take grandma's car Um, in. No, I will, I will. And I committed to that. When she said, when, when will you be here? And I said, make your appointment for the morning of the 24th. I will get in the night of the 23rd and we'll get up and I'll take it on 24th. Okay. So I was here. Here's my thought. And we can talk this out on the podcast. Um, okay. You guys can be part of our life. Yeah. It's like you're part of our life. Yeah. So here's my thing. Message is, us. This is what I was going to do is, okay. So remember I told you I wanted to go to the sugar factory for my birthday with Casey. Oh, they don't, I don't think... Everywhere in the country has the sugar factory. Look at the it's, sugar it's factory. Like on the it's on East Coast for it's sure. It's cool because they they make these drinks that fizz and smoke and they're really cool. But it's they, not from smoke. It's crackle, from dry ice. And they crackle. They're just, well, not just dry ice, all kinds of cool things. No, but the reason why they smoke. Okay. So why can't we all go to the sugar factory? No, we're not going there anymore because I've only heard like bad things about it. Well, I'll call them and say, please have a good staff on the 18th because... No, because they, they it wasn't only that. Like, it's expensive. And, like, we're okay with expensive if it's quality. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't quality. Like, I, I have only be- read bad reviews. Oh, I that's too bad because I've been to the Sugar Factory in New York City. Yeah, and I've and been to the Sugar Factory in Orlando, cool. and it was cool. But, um, oh, so we that's need to, too bad. We want to find somewhere cool okay. that we can go. But my plan was on the 18th to go out to dinner with Casey... Mm-hmm. And then on the 20th to have like a beach day with everyone. Oh. But since it doesn't sound like that will work. <laughs> well, I might leave for Washington the 17th if I'm just going to miss your birthday. No, I, I, I will rearrange it because I want you there. Mm. Um, but we could do something with me on the 18th with everyone. Maybe we could have something at my house. Maybe we could combine your birthday with no. Lizzie's in-laws. No. And have a community birthday. No. But... What if we did something on the 18th at my house? What if we had like a, like a. Okay, folks, we'll figure this out. This is getting boring. No, no, it's not boring. What if we had like a cookout or something? Like a, like a food thing. Okay, tell me. In a movie. Okay, wait. A food thing in a movie. How exciting. Here's the thing. In presents, I want presents. Okay. A lot of birthdays, you do things because you feel obligated to include everyone and you think, oh, but this isn't really fun. I mean, I, I want to have obligated. everyone there. Does it sound like fun to you? To have my family there? We're a hoot. Some of us are a hoot. Who's not a hoot? I don't know. Anyway, um, I think we could have everyone there and we could play. I don't really want to play a game if I'm being real. But we could. Oh, what if we played like um, that, that, that game that I made you get for Mario and Huli? The one where you write um, down on the. Oh, that is a fun game. That's. What's it called? It's like telephone, but it's, it's like charade. No, it's like sh- charades and telephone had a baby. You you draw what you do is you draw a picture. Okay, the first card says what you're supposed to draw, uh-huh. and then you pass it around, and each person knows what they're supposed to be drawing, but you only draw a piece of it. No, you're not doing a good job. Okay, hold on. This it's a cool game. It's you you really, want to buy it for your family if you like to do stuff for with a family. We don't remember what it's called though. No. But here's what you do. So you, there's like a, there's a card and you look and you pick um, either a phrase or a word or something like that. And that gets written down on the first page, right? So then you write that down on the first page and on the next page you draw what it's supposed to be, right? So then uh, there's like a little minute or 30 second timer and you pass it to the person to the right. And you get the other person's picture like 
to your left. So they're, oh, that's right. They're passing it. Mm-hmm. And so you guys sit in a big circle and everyone has their own word or phrase that they're drawing. Mm-hmm. And so then the person that you just passed it to, they have to guess what you just drew. So then they write down what you guessed and you write down what the person next to you guessed and then you pass it again. So it all goes like clockwise or counterclockwise. But um, you're getting and drawing and getting and drawing and getting and draw- or sorry, getting and guessing mm-hmm. and drawing. Oh, okay. I'll tell you what. You look it up while I tell you this thing. Okay. Because I think you should tell them. No, that's a fun game and you could do it with a big group and it kind of creates unity and you laugh. That would be very fun. Yeah, I thought so. And make sure you have brand new um, pens because- I I don't own the game. Okay. Well, tell Mari to bring it. I think I ordered new pens for him or for me. Okay. Because the pens are always dry in the kit. Okay. And that's frustrating because you're trying to draw and it's like, ah, the pen doesn't work. No, it's super frustrating. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is frustrating. But I wanted to wrap up because we have been on so many bunny trails that I don't like that word anymore. Think up a new word for me. Telestrations. Telestrations is the name of the game. Yes. And um, if you want a fun game for your family, a guaranteed, the old people can play and the young people can play and it's not too complicated. Telestrations. Yes, but... Don't get the adult version because it's dirty. Get like the family friendly one. Oh yeah, don't get the adult. What is? Why do they call it adult? I don't know. Why don't they have an? Because I'm an adult and I don't like those. No, I know. I don't like my little brain to be all corrupted up. I agree. It it's not good. No. Anyway, so you were saying something. I didn't wrap up. I kind of want to wrap up the Henry Flagler uh, thing. Okay. Just because that tidal wave. If I last night I. uh, I'd say I read the book, but I actually listened to it. So I'm going to send Grandma the book, Last Train to Paradise. Okay. It tells all about building building the railroad and then kind of what happened. And it talks about it was Labor Day weekend when that big hurricane hit in 1935. And they had tried to have a rescue training because they even had the World War One veterans apparently – I want to say Hoover, but I'm not sure which president was in office. There were things promised to the World War I veterans, and it wasn't happening. And we were going into um, a depression. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, they thought up a job for them so that that they weren't without. And their job was they were staying, I believe it was on Pigeon Key, but there were over 600 of them helping build the overseas highway. And they were sending a train down to pick them up because they were going to be um, in big trouble on that island. And um, anyway, it kind of goes through how the whole hurricane hit and how a cable kind of chopped the train in half and stopped the train. Whoa. But they were able to, but it cost them quite a bit of time over an hour to uh, to get the train free and how the wall of water hit. Yeah. And um, anyway... There never been a tidal wave that big ever to hit American soil. That's so great. I, and I never even heard that there was a tidal wave. Yeah. So they never they never rebuilt the um, railroad down there, but they did end up building the overseas highway and using a so lot inter- of the stuff. Have we had a tidal wave since? Not like that. I don't think so. That's crazy. You know, have you ever had nightmares about uh, tsunamis or tidal waves or things like that? I have. No. No? Never? I'm, no. <clears throat> Casey and I both have. We talked about it the other night. Sharks. I've had nightmares about sharks. I think I've only ever had like one nightmare about sharks, but I've definitely had them about like natural disasters. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's weird. I So I'm always worried like when I was uh, lobstering or swimming, whatever you want to call it, um, I have to hold on to a tow rope now. The The current was so bad and I get I'm not that. strong enough. Mario's super strong. I don't know how he does it. Huli's super strong. Not me. Um, but anyway... No, but I, because I'm always been afraid of sharks. I'm always like down there. The kids are in the water and I'm like. Because they're little. Because they're little. I'm in the water looking. Is there any sharks around? Okay, no. Uncle Bonnie even asked when Mario got those hogfish. He's like, if you're spearing them, doesn't that put blood in the water? And won't that attract sharks? And Mario said that when he spearfishes in the Bahamas, it it would be typical for um, a spearfisherman to chain their fish together. And, and bring them around as they're fishing for more. But he says, when we're in the Bahamas, we never do that. We take our catch immediately to the boat. Interesting. And, yeah, because you attract sharks if you're dragging those fish through the water. That makes sense. I wouldn't have even thought of that. Yeah. So, anyway, that wraps up a little bit of my uh, 
Pigeon Key vacation story. Yeah. Flagler Railroad story. Well, and that's really interesting. It was interesting. Hey, thank you, by the way, for bringing Uncle Ken's swimming suit. Oh, you're welcome. Wait, I didn't. I was going to tell you something, and then I didn't. Well, finish this. No. It okay. had to do with what we were talking about last. Oh. Um, we'll tell you about swimsuit in a minute. Um, you <laughs> talked about not being strong enough and having to have a tow rope. I went to the beach with Casey over the weekend, mm-hmm. and we... We're swimming probably about 70 feet. It's not that far, but we were in the ocean, and it was really, really choppy, and we were just swimming to the sandbar, and I was like, well, there's a little kid there. Granted, they had a life jacket. How deep was it? It was over my head, um, and Casey, it was probably like up to his forehead. Okay, because Casey's 6'1", and you're 5'9". 5'8 but yeah. Um, And so it was just crazy. I, I was swimming, but I didn't realize how much more tired I get when... I'm pregnant, and the the current was incredibly strong, Mom. Like, I I, ha- I don't think I've ever felt it that strong before. Mm-hmm. And Casey was having to, like, like I got probably 90% of the way there the second time, and I was, like, exhausted. And he goes, let's just go back. And I said, no, we have to go to the sandbar now because I, I don't have the strength to get to get to swim all the way back. Was now. the tide going out or coming in? It was coming in. So that meant you didn't have much time on the sandbar. Well, no, it was a, it was a really wide sandbar. Okay. Um, but I, I didn't have, you know, when you just don't have the energy to go all the way mm-hmm. back because you've already made it so far. And so I was like, no, we have to finish going and then we'll just go back. And so on the way back, he was like pushing my tush to get me back. That's so funny. Was he nervous? No, but um, I, I just, I was really tired because think about it. Like we did it twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's total of like, what, 70, 140, 280 feet, which doesn't sound like a lot. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, I was really, really exhausted. Like, it it felt like I had just run, like, two miles. So if you had a hard time the first time going out, why did you go back again the second time? I mean, it was fun. <laughs> it know. does not sound like fun to me. I know. And then, I, sorry, I wrote this down earlier. We were mm-hmm. talking about lobster. Okay. Um, and how many lobster you can get. But listen, mm. Casey was Lisa. Lisa listen, um, <laughs> that's a know, video we used to laugh at. Yes, it was cute. Um, Casey was telling me the other day, so he went on a cruise, right? And I told you how we want to go on a cruise next July, and how we'll leave our son. I'm not saying the name, but our son, you know, with family, probably you and mm-hmm. maybe a few people from <laughs> Casey's family. We'll mm-hmm. see. Um, but we uh, we'll portion him out. Here's yeah, just just. Pass him around. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, but Casey was telling me one of the cru- one of the last cruises he was on. Um, I think the cruise before me. It was when he was like I think like maybe eighteen ish. Mm-hmm. He had fifteen lobster tails in one sitting. Fifteen. One five. Oh, on I would the be cruise. so sick. He. I don't think he was sick, but he goes. I. He, he was telling me he's like I used to eat a lot more than I eat now. And I was like, well, yeah, I remember when you used to, you know, dive and you would and eat. And do you know, do you know that that used to be the junk food, like for prisoners and I stuff? I did. And did you know that the, um, the Royals aren't allowed to eat it because it was like, they're like bottom feeders. Um, anyway, so Casey told me that he ate 15 lobster tails in one sitting. I was like, that is You're only crazy. allowed to get six a day. No, I know. But this was, you know, on the cruise ship. And so I thought that was just absolutely bonkers. And he said, and then the next day came, he goes, and I never ate that much again. But like he said for, he's like, I would be five years old and I would have two bowls of cereal. Like that was my breakfast. And he's like, that was normal. It wasn't like, oh, I'm really hungry today. He's like, I just would eat a ton. And he's so skinny. Yeah. Slender. Sorry, slender. It's fine. With big muscles. Yeah. Anyway, so those are my two <laughs> things that I wanted to add on. Okay. Well, I like that you added those on. Um, that would be so expensive if you weren't on the cruise ship. I know. But, um, well, I, on the other hand, was going to thank you because Hannah brought, we have this swimsuit. It's from the, from 1936, actually, because I talked to grandma wow. today. It's from World War II. And it's a World wool- War II did not start in 1936. That was before World War II. Pre-World War II, excuse me. Okay. Pre-World War II because Uncle Ken wore it when he was in the military in 1936, and he looks like a little boy. Did he really? You didn't show me a picture. Oh, I will. I'll show it to you in a minute. But uh, anyway, back in the 1930s, 
it was real common for men to wear these wool swimsuits. And they even had belts on them. It's so weird. It looks like a Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. It looks like something that they would wear for their superhero costumes. And it's very cool. But anyway, and my Uncle Ken, he was my great uncle. So he would have been your great, great uncle. Um, oh, he was your great uncle. And his last he? name is Reagan and your middle name is Reagan. Right. Because you're named after his family. Anyway, um, my mom gave that to me because it was my uncle's. And then you gave it to Mario. No, I gave I didn't give it to Mario. Oh, I gave it to Mario. And then Mario gave it to Casey. And then you guys are cleaning your house this weekend. Mom, what are we going to do? We don't want this. We don't want this. And so now I have it back. It's not that we didn't like want it. It's just we don't have any use for it. And it's just kind of like we don't keep things that we don't have use for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it's Gris. So my mom sent me all these pictures today from when he was in the Navy in San Diego and in Guam in the 1930s with this swimsuit on. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, but he was in World War II and he was um, the person who helped a navigator. Oh, cool. He was a navigator of planes in um, World War II. So that's really neat. That was really cool. I like that. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of what was going on there. It's been fun. We've been doing this for an hour and five minutes. <laughs> well, and I know that we kind of are all over the place with our podcast. Bouncing Not from nearly as much as we were thing. last week. No, it's true. Mario wants to come again. If you want Mario to come and join us again, please let us know. Oh, I think, Mom, I want him to come again. I, we loved it. Because this is kind of our family time to get to share stories and Mario's talk about the funny things. One. Mario is the funny one. And we have Grandma Jan is coming back with me and she's going to be on the podcast. And I started to collect stories from when she was a girl that I want her to share. Yeah. And um, just one, well, no, we'll save them. Yeah. She she was naughty as much as she's a good girl. She was a naughty good girl. She was a naughty good girl. Mischievous was what she was. Yeah. She's kind of like Carly. She's like, yeah, like her great, great, grand, how many great, 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 no, just great, just great granddaughter. Yeah. Because Kylie's not naughty. She is mischievous and she thinks she's She's hilarious. And my mom was like that too. Absolutely. Okay. We love you guys. We hope you'll save someone a spot and think of your neighbor. And um, we're going to pray for you now. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Bye, guys. God bless. Love you.